You're listening to The Tales We Tell, a podcast about spooky stories, unsolved mysteries, and local lore. I'm your host, Hannah Parch. And I'm Katie. Welcome back! <laughs> Part two. <laughs> Um, so today we have to do a little what we're drinking mm-hmm. because it's from my mother-in-law. Um, she sent this down with, um, Jarek's stepdad, uh, on last weekend and it's specifically for the podcast. So we are drinking Dark Horse Big Red Blend from California, velvety rich and smooth. I'm excited to try. I know. Uh, on the back it says, Dark Horse, noun, an unexpected winner, (laughs) which I kind of love. Um, and I don't know what year it is, but whatever. definitely velvety. Oh, good. Let me try. Um, okay. I have a couple of announcements before we start. Um, so I actually listened to our last episode, um, not the bonus, but the regular one, Mm -hmm. which normally I don't do. Which is funny, because I also don't really listen to our episodes, well, but I listen to the bonus, not the regular, because it was shorter, and I was yeah. like, I just yeah need a shorter one. Um, and for me, I've just, I've spent all week researching it, and then we record it, and then like when we record it in my head, I'm like, we're done, I can stop thinking about it. And so, I just, I don't know, when it comes out, I don't want to hear it again. But I did listen to this one, and I did find a minor mistake in it, which is Uh probably why I don't listen to them. Um, Towards the very end, when we're talking about Amelia Dyer, I call Mm -hmm. her Eva. Oops. Um, And in my defense, I had a lot of champagne, wine, and chocolate cake in my (laughs) blood at that point. So Um, We also, in that episode, we referenced... Someone who we had talked about before who had been executed by hanging and didn't die when they dropped and just, like, strangled to death. Mm-hmm. I looked through every single episode that we have ever recorded, and I could not figure out who we were talking about. So, I even Googled, like, criminal who was executed by hanging who didn't die, and I couldn't find it. It might have been something that you heard from another podcast. <laughs> Might have been. Else. <laughs> Anyways, if you know, uh, write in and let us know. Um, also, I updated our Patreon tiers um, to make it so that the five dollar tier also gets you the early access to episodes. Um, just because I wanted to give more stuff to people who give any amount. Also, I did double check. If you don't want to give $5 or $10 and you just want to give like $1 or $2, um, I did check to make sure you can do that. You have to click on become a patron. And then when it asks you to select a tier below both of the tiers, there's a little button that says like pick your own amount or something. Mm-hmm. That's where you can click and just put in whatever amount you want to donate. Also, I finally made a link tree for us. I don't know why it's 2021, and I just remembered that that's a thing you can do. I was literally I was like, man, I wish I could put all my links in one place so I didn't have to pick one. So you can. <laughs> so you can. Um, so the link tree is on our Instagram and our TikTok, and I think that's the only places I put it. But if you click on it, you will get links to our Patreon. Our Redbubble store, like directly to our store, our website, our Instagram, our TikTok, 
our Spotify page and BuzzFeed, which is where we host our podcast. Buzz Sprout. Sorry, Buzz Sprout. Not BuzzFeed. Don't sue me. <laughs> I wrote Buzz Sprout. I just skimmed over it. Um okay, that's it. I have a heartwarming story, but I'm gonna save that for the end if we have time. So speaking of TikToks, yes. did we ever share the oh TikTok on our Instagram? Yes. Speaking of TikToks, we made an amazing TikTok that was Katie's idea, <laughs> and I feel like we executed so well, and TikTok hated it, and I think it got shadow banned. I posted it twice. Why? It only has, like, the first time I think it had, like, eight views total, and then the second, like, now it only has, like, nine all of our other videos have, like, 150-plus views. What is shadow banned? It's when the TikTok algorithm decides that it's not going to put your content on the For You page for anyone. Or even, like, the because we have enough followers that, like, at least our followers should have seen it. So, I was really mad about it. I'm upset. <laughs> so, I did post it. I thought it was hilarious. It was really funny. Um... And I posted it on Instagram today, um, and we do have a bunch of likes on it there, and Couch Detective said that they loved it, so, you know, we have that. Okay, good. <laughs> and I also posted it on, so, on Instagram it goes to Twitter and to our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I also posted it on my personal Facebook page. I'll um, have to share it, too. <laughs> yeah, because I was, like, really needing the validation that it was a good and funny video, which I feel like it is. <laughs> so... That's also a please go and please like go, the video. Yeah. <laughs> like, even if you follow us on Instagram and you normally are like, oh, look, pictures, and you don't like it, like, that's cool. Yeah. But please go like the TikTok. Make and us feel better about watch ourselves. It, watch it with the sound on. Mm-hmm. And also know that when we did the last part, which if you've seen it, you know what we're talking about, my neighbor, who I've met one time and never see this one time, was out in the backyard and watched me and Katie look like complete idiots. And probably will never talk to but us again. Fun idiots. <laughs> and also, hey, neighbors that don't talk to you are good neighbors mm. in my book. That's true. I like being friendly with my neighbors. I don't want to be friends with my neighbors. Oh, that's ink. Sorry, I found a bug earlier and I was making sure this wasn't the same one. I just got ink all over my finger. Okay. So. Can cut that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So, for today's episode. I'm going to start with a question for you, Katie. Awesome. What do you think of when I say vampire? Buffy. <laughs> what, like, image comes to your mind? Like, when I, when I say, if I say describe a vampire. Buffy. Okay. No. She's not a vampire. <laughs> she was in one episode. No, I never watched. Um, well, you need to change I, well, that. listen. So... I don't know. Vampires, they definitely don't sparkle in my mind. This is true. That's garbage. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think of, you know, moderately to very attractive people. Uh-huh. Um, who, you know, totally pass in normal society. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I don't know. Like, anyone could be a vampire. This is true. Except for me, because they're generally much more attractive. <laughs> Because they're a predator, they have to be able to... Just you wait. Because <laughs> I felt very attacked by some of this research I did. <laughs> um, okay, so typically, the modern idea of a vampire, something that is undead... Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about, like, just physical descriptions. Oh, well, like, yeah. what do they look like? Well, but that too. 
Um, but just in general, um, drinks blood. Yep. Um, aversion to sunlight. Mm-hmm. No reflection. Mm-hmm. Maybe turns into a bat. Uh, I feel like there's very little lore about the bat thing mm-hmm. anymore. I think that was. It's less modern, I guess. This is true. Um, you kill him by putting a stake through the heart. Wooden stake. Wooden stake. So and un- beheading in some yes. some more. So unsurprisingly, there are vampiric entities or revenants, if you will, which I learned. I always forgot the word. I knew it because of the Leonardo DiCaprio movie. <laughs> but a revenant, not a I don't even know the word I confused it with. I'd never heard the word. Anyways, a revenant is someone or something that has returned from the dead. Basic description. So, um, almost every culture has some kind of revenant-like lore. Modern folklore almost exclusively gets its origins about vampires from the early early 18th century in um, southeastern Europe, and that's primarily just because the verbal traditions and legends were getting written down and published at that point. So, also the whole like coming back from the dead thing. There's mm-hmm. there's some conflicting things there. So like. Technically, you know, zombies are back from the dead too, mm-hmm. but they're they're mindless. Like they're there's yeah. nothing there. They are just literally the living dead. Like a reanimated body. Yeah. And you know, it's the lights are on but no one's home kind right. of a thing, except for that one mindless desire of brains. Right. Or human flesh. Right. Um, but they don't, you know, they don't feel Anything they don't have right. any other thought than that one track, eat. Yeah, and it's like, you can shoot them in the arm, and it doesn't slow them down. I don't know if they feel anything <laughs> other than hunger. Right. Vampires are intelligent. Vampires, in some more, um, is it's actually the like the soul of a demon mm-hmm. that has like inhabited the human form and like this demon as well as the personality of the original person kind of meld and become one sort of a thing yeah um and so that's not really coming back from the dead even though (laughs) in some of the ways like the some of the laws of transformation or whatever you actually have to like drink vampire blood and then Mm -hmm. die and then you return right um so I don't know. <laughs> there's there's differences there. Yes. Well, so the bulk of this was actually going to be just exploring different um, cultural vampires or different cultures vampires. And it still is. But before I get into that, <laughs> I wanted to touch a little bit on why people all over the world had this same idea that a dead corpse would or was coming back to life. And we did touch a little bit on this when we did our Casket Girls episode, yep. which is episode six. I checked. Um, so the it's first, a good one. it's a really good one. <laughs> um, so the first one is um, just a basic misunderstanding of how the human body decomposes. <laughs> um, so probably thanks science for you yes. know uh, happening, <laughs> yeah, explaining things. Well, also. I don't think we necessarily think of it so much now because we do have, like, embalming and, I mean, I've never seen a body after it's been buried and left and not embalmed. But I would I would suppose that it would be very surprising if you 
saw, you know, this person died, you buried them, and then months later, when you dug them up for whatever reason, (laughs) they looked completely different. So... A couple things going on. Uh, we all know by or now. if they look completely the same, like they hadn't decomposed. That should be more worrying. <laughs> or winter. Or winter. Or embalming. Or mummification. But I feel like back in the day, they'd be like, oh, good. Papa looks the same. Everything is fine. <laughs> um, okay. So first of all, we all know by now, um, when you die, gases build up in your torso. Katie helpfully told us to wrap a body in chicken wire if you're throwing it in a body of water, because she's probably done that before. Um, so the gases build Once up. Or twice, haven't quite perfected it yet. <laughs> um, those gases may cause it. So if Papa was skinny when you buried him... When you dig him up a few months later, he may look pretty uh, robust, if you will. Pretty, as some would call, plump or healthy. Bloated. Bloated is what we would call that. Um, Those gases can also force blood from the nose and the mouth. So if you open up Papa's casket and you're like, oh my gosh, he looks like he's been just eating this whole time. There's blood coming out of his mouth. What's he been eating? Hmm. Why are people open up caskets to check on their dead relatives? We'll get to that part. Oh, gosh. Um, so I was almost hoping you didn't have an answer for me. Well, we... I will remind you, we did already talk about that in another episode as well. Um, so, also, skin and your gums will lose fluid after death. And um, so, they will um, contract... And when your gums contract, it makes your teeth look like they're growing. When your uh, fingers do that, it makes it look like your fingernails are growing. This is also why people sometimes will say that your hair and your fingernails keep growing after death. They don't, but your skin is, you know, getting smaller. (laughs) And that'll make it look like your fingernails are growing. So when I was a kid, I thought that, like... You had hair on mm-hmm. the inside, like inside your skull, Ooh. and it just got pushed out. So it was like basically, you know, like a play-doh, yeah. thing. And so, like, it was it was getting created or whatever inside mm-hmm. your skull and then pushed out. Uh, maybe not through your scalp, you know, your skull, but anyway, that's how I thought hair was. And I guess in this instance, or in death, that's how hair is. Kind of, I guess. I don't know. Um, let's see. Oh. Also, fun fact, if you stake a corpse that has been swelling, um, it can, number one, cause the appearance of bleeding, and it can also uh, make what sounds like a groan when those gases pass um, the vocal cords, or it can make a fart sound when it goes out your butt. (laughs) So, people were seeing this thing and thought these people were alive. Um, The second reason is premature premature burials which we covered in episode 23 called Buried Alive. Um, Unfortunately, this is a very real thing that used to happen with some frequency. As we learned in episode 23, it does (laughs) sometimes still happen now. Um, But basically, people... So someone would be buried alive... Uh, someone, but if people were following those, like that checklist of tests that they're dead and poking them in the eyeball, we wouldn't have the problem. We wouldn't. Um, unless their eye is like outside of their head, uh, like in episode 14, the Papin sisters. Actually, I don't even know what episode number it is. I just wanted to sound fancy like you. (laughs) 
I wanted to sound uh, well-researched. I was going to see if I could scroll through real quick and tell you. It's going to take me long. Fifteen. Oh, Ooh. you were so close. One off. <laughs> um, okay. So, basically, people would hear noises coming from graves. <laughs> That those would be the noises of the alive person that they buried, and they would dig them up, or the dead person farting, or the dead person farting, um, and they would dig them up. And when they dug them up, they would find like scratch marks. I mean, the person would then be dead at this point, uh, but they would find like scratch marks, or they would find like injuries. Like sometimes it said the person would maybe. Holy <gasps> shit! You son of a bitch! <laughs> Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Um, okay, listeners. <laughs> this is just more editing for you. You scared yeah. the shit out of me. I know. You got work what to do. What were you doing? That was the plan. You just did that to scare us? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he got bored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, my heart. <laughs> okay, what was I saying? Oh, hell, I don't even remember. <laughs> Oh, injuries, because we're talking about people being buried alive, so obviously that's making us feel tense already, (laughs) and then a shadow walks by the window and a face is in the door. Oh, gosh. (sighs) Okay, so sometimes when someone would wake up at a coffin and find themselves in a coffin, they, I guess, would try to, like, bolt upright and maybe, like, break their nose or something, Um, so they would find blood or injuries or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, if it's pitch black, you don't know that there's something less than a foot above your face. (laughs) Uh, So when they would be um, exhumed, people would see this and be like, oh my gosh, there's blood, there's, you know, signs of life. And instead of thinking, maybe we erroneously buried this person who is still alive. Well, no, they couldn't have made a mistake. That's just not possible. They thought this person who was definitely dead came back to life. Um, but then it's dead again now. For, like, yes. for real this time. <laughs> for Yeah, now they're for sure dead. Um, until they start to swell and bloat and fart and stuff, and then we're right back to square one. Um, so the third reason is from unidentifiable illnesses, or, as I like to call it, a misunderstanding of germ theory. Um, we saw this in the, I think it was the Casket Girls episode with Mercy Brown, um, her story was basically that her whole family, so she died. In the winter. In the winter. And then her whole family got tuberculosis, which is what she died of. Because it's very contagious. It's extremely contagious. And the village was like, something evil is targeting their family. It must be a vampire because uh, it's like draining the life out of them. Mm-hmm. And it must be a family member. So they dug up Mercy Brown and she was very well preserved because of the cold New England weather. And uh, they, I think they took her heart out and burned it and made her brother eat yeah, ashes or something. It was a couple of the organs. Think heart, maybe liver, too. No, Can't remember. remember. But, yeah, they they made a tonic mm. is actually the name of the episode that mm. is on lore. I think that's their very first episode. I think so, too. Um, this okay. this whole episode sounds like a commercial for cremation, honestly. It does. I, and I actually have a good little point about that later. <laughs> Here I go again, ruining the end. <laughs> um, this is my favorite one. Actually, those last two are my favorite, too. Um, so there is a rare blood disorder called porphyria. Mm-hmm. Did I say it right? I believe so. Cool. I think the few times I've ever heard of it, that's how I've heard it, I Great. believe. Great. Um, so basically, there's two versions. Acute porphyria, which we're not going to worry about, and then chronic porphyria. 
um, which manifests primarily in, uh, like, as a skin disease. And it basically is just extreme uh, photosensitivity. So your skin is either going to become very red and swollen when exposed to sunlight, or it's going to develop blisters and open sores. Yeah, allergic to the sun. Yeah, basically allergic to the sun. Yeah, I knew somebody who was. Oh, nice. I don't know if she was just, you know, pale and didn't want to be in the sun and said she was allergic. Mm. Uh, or if she actually was. I'm going to start saying that as my excuse this summer because every time I go in the sun, I get an awful sunburn and no one believes me that I put on sunscreen. Um, so um, this biochemist named David Dolphin, um, in 1985, he put out this theory and I'm going to go ahead and say that it's a crap theory and medical professionals have completely debunked it, but... I still think it's interesting. He said, okay, so the way that people, the way that we treat porphyria um, is through something, which again, I'm going to butcher this. uh, It's a substance in blood called heme. 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 Thank you. It's spelled H-A-E-M. I don't know how to pronounce those. Pretty sure it's just H-E-M-E. It's also spelled H-A-E-M. And hemoglobin. It's like a precursor to hemoglobin. Whatever. Katie's a scientist. So they use that to treat um, porphyria. And he had this theory that people who suffer from it would crave that substance, like, just, you know, subconsciously. And that they would drink human blood to try to get the heme to relieve their symptoms. What is actually much more likely than someone with porphyria is someone with iron deficient anemia, like myself. Drinking the human blood that you keep in your refrigerator. Just craving red meat. Uh, Like, I would, I could happily be a pescatarian, like, just by a personal choice. My body would not allow it. You crave red meat, really? Every now and then, if I'm low on iron, so... If I'm starting to feel, like, really tired and weak all the time, mm-hmm. I'll start taking my iron supplement. And then after a while, I'm like, you know, I'm feeling fine now. Like, I'll be okay for a while. You know, my, my diet's more balanced. I should be able to get it just naturally. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, like, I'm fine. And then it starts to come back again. And we were in uh, Argentina and Uruguay. Uh-huh. Where it's just everything is steaks everywhere. <laughs> like, you get platters of red meat. Um, and I was just exhausted for the first day and a half that we were there. And I was like, it's not jet lag. It's a two hour time difference. (laughs) Like it's not that I'm caught up on sleep from, you know, my one night of not sleeping on the plane. Right. Why am I still so tired? And then we went to a paria Mm -hmm. and that's where we had the platter of meat and we had some blood sausage as an appetizer to our platter of meat. There was nothing green to be seen anywhere at this place, by the way. No greens, no vegetables, not even a potato. All meat. And at the end, Shelton was like, oh, I'm so full, I need a nap. And I'm just like, ready to go. <laughs> let's go exploring. Like, I feel great. Like, let's go dancing, man. I'm awesome. So, like, yeah, anytime... Shalt and I eat steak, he's exhausted after, and I'm energized. <laughs> and so that's when it hit us. I was like, oh, right. I was like, oh, by the way, have I ever mentioned that I'm iron deficient anemic? <laughs> I was like, I don't think so. I, I was think like, what we have learned is that Katie's a vampire. I am. Um, or the final explanation. Um, but it's the iron and the red meat that I want. Okay. Sure, 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 sure. Also, you could have rabies. 
(laughs) This is actually my favorite uh, theory. So the idea is that the aversion to sunlight and garlic, (laughs) this is disgusting. Katie's like foaming at the mouth. Foaming at the mouth. With rabies. (laughs) What she's really doing is just like letting spit dribble down her chin. It is tinged with some of the red wine, which a symptom of rabies is like red. I'm a rabid vampire. Yeah, bloody foaming at the mouth. Um, Well, a symptom of rabies is hypersensitivity. So they're like, well, maybe if someone's acting like the sunlight and the garlic is just like overpowering, (laughs) they're just hypersensitive from the rabies. I was going to take it as an an emotional sensitivity and be like, it really hurts my feelings when you try to peg me as a serial killer vampire with rabies. I just can't take it anymore. Well, you're going to be fired from the podcast. <laughs> that's how you feel, because that's my one job that, here. That is the building block of this podcast right now. Um, rabies can also affect portions of the brain that may lead to abnormal sleep patterns. Also, wolves and bats tend to be associated with rabies and vampires. And I put this down here, and I could not think... First, I thought it was the episode of The Office, but I looked it up, and now I'm thinking maybe it's an episode of um, It's Always Sunny, and I may be wrong, but there's got to be a show somewhere where someone gets bit by a bat or a wolf or something and thinks that they're turning into a vampire or a werewolf, but in fact, they have rabies. It's it's The Office. No, it's not, because I looked up that episode. It's The Office. It's Meredith. Does she get rabies? Yes, she gets rabies from getting bit by a bat. (laughs) And does Dwight think she's turning into a vampire? Because in the episode where she gets bit, Jim convinces Dwight that he's a vampire. I don't remember all of that, but I do know that Meredith had rabies from being bit by a bat. From being bit by the bat. I looked up the Wikipedia page for that episode because I was like, it's got to be something. The Always Sunny episode where they think they're cannibals now because they've got the hunger... (laughs) That's a different thing, but that's that is, they, that's sunny. That was worms that they got from the rotten yeah. <laughs> roadkill. Oh, man. Okay. So, now that we've established all the various things that happen naturally that people might see and think something is coming back to life that is craving blood and it's a vampire, I'm going to tell you about some different vampires. Uh, I'm going to say witches. Vampires around the world. So, we're going to start in Albania. And you may have heard of this one, and I will explain why. Uh, This is called the Striga. Um, The Striga is kind of more of a witch, um, but it sucks the blood of infants while they're sleeping. And it also turns into a moth, fly, or bee. Um, And that's how it gets, presumably, that's how it gets in and out of the house, is it turns into, like, a moth and flies in. This is why moths are evil. Uh, flies into the house, uh, you know, slams itself into your overhead light a few times, and then uh, kills your child. Um, according to legend, the Striga were old or middle-aged women. Um, so sometimes they're described as, like, haggard, like, kind of witch-looking people. Pale eyes, crooked nose, and a stare that made you uncomfortable. Uh, this is because they had an evil eye. Um, so it's believed that some women became these kinds of witches as a result of being childless. Awesome. Um, or from envy turning them evil. So I'm assuming what they mean by it, by being childless is that 
they want to have a child, they can't have children, and they're so envious of other women that the mm-hmm. envy turns to evil. Um, but not to worry, a strong belief in God will make you immune to this. Um, it's also said that if a woman's hair turns white, quote, when she's 20, she's definitely going to be a striga. Um, also, once dead, if a cat jumps over the body of the dead person, they have a high probability of turning into a striga. Also, striga can dwell among the living undetected. Um, it's very different than how strigas were represented when I watched The Witcher. Um, but I also have to go back and rewatch all of that mm-hmm. because a lot of them talk in low tones mm. and you can't keep the volume up because it's one of those shows that the background noise and all the action noise yep. is like oh pew, pew, pew. do you not watch with subtitles no but i probably should i make us watch everything with subtitles i'm like i can't hear anything um so newborn babies children and beautiful girls are especially appealing to the striga Mm -hmm. um once a child is bitten it would get sick and die unless the striga returns and spits in their mouth which is gross very yeah um but here's a fun story spit is one of those few things that just really grosses me out literally just had spit running down your chin i did not have it running down my chin it's for a joke it was bubbly spit right on my lips (laughs) um okay so there's an article gross when i do it (laughs) um there's an article i read called of magic witches and vampires in the balkans which was published in 1923 by M. Edith Durham, and in it, um, they tell a story about an Albanian friend they had. So this friend, their father allegedly saved the life of a dying child by forcing a suspected striga into the house, um, holding a gun to her head, and forcing her to spit into the child's mouth. (laughs) And they said, um, quote, it gradually recovered consciousness and ultimately got well, speaking about the child. Um, and they said that that was, like, proof that this man had, in fact, found not only just any striga, the striga that who that had caused the child to be sick, and because she spit into this child's mouth, that's the reason the child got better. Correlation does not equal causation. And so once they were like, aha, it's proof that you're a striga and you're the one who did this, now we're going to kill you so you don't do this to other kids. But also, if we kill you, you can't save other kids. You've already done this to you. This is true. They wouldn't wouldn't think that far ahead. I mean, the story was recounted slash published in 1923. So I'm I'm not saying that women were treated poorly around that time or before then, but... Or in 2020. I'm just, you know. uh, Sorry, you said 2021 wrong. Oh no, we're we're getting, we're we're uh, we're over that. We oh. decided at the end of 2020 we're not gonna be treated poorly anymore. Cool, cool, cool. So we're just saying no. Cool. Happy Women's History Month. Mm-hmm. Um, strigas are also known to be particularly powerful during the first week of March, aka Women's History Month. I mean, I know I just <laughs> said correlation does not equal causation, but. but. <laughs> um. Okay, to identify a striga, it's very important, what you're going to do, you're going to take a virgin slash prepubescent boy, put him on a white or black horse, depending on what region of Albania you're in, and then you're going to walk them through a cemetery, and the horse, because it's got the magical prepubescent child on its back, 
is not going to go near the grave of a vampire slash striga. So if there's a grave that they're avoiding, you can just look at that grave and see what name is on it. And that person that you have noticed walking around town, even though they're dead, um, is the striga. So um, once you... <laughs> I was I was starting to uh, worry, like, oh, man, she's going to start putting me through tests, but I'm pretty sure it might be hard to find a virgin or prepubescent boy in Albania. This is true. Um, well, let me tell you what to do once you identify the striga. Um, so these are ways to deter them in general. So in some regions of Albania, you can use garlic. Um, and so some people would hang garlic around their child's neck. Um, you can also hang it in your home, specifically during the first week of March. There is a meme, or we have talked about this before. <laughs> about putting garlic... On a baby. On a baby? Yeah, we've talked about this before, haven't we? Or am mm. I having, like, the worst deja vu? You're probably having some deja vu. I don't know. We've talked about how sometimes Jarek will eat that one night at our very old apartment when him and Connor got really drunk and, um... Connor dared him to eat a whole clove of garlic, and he did. And then I thought that the room smelled bad, and then we got in the car, and I realized that it was Jarek that smelled bad because his skin was just, like, sweating garlic. I swear we've talked about <laughs> putting garlic on a baby. Um, well, anyways, another thing you can do is uh, get a, a pig bone. Get some pig bones. You're going to make a cross out of them. Then you're going to put that cross at the entrance of a church, any church. You can do this specifically on Easter Sunday, which is coming up, so everyone pay attention. Or you can do it on any feast day. And what that's going to do, so you have to wait. You're going to wait for the all of the congregation to be inside the church. And then you're going to put the pig bone cross at, on the door. And what that's going to do is it traps any striga in the congregation inside the church. Um, so... It doesn't give you any instruction on actually how to kill them, um, but you'll you'll just know the last people left at church who can't leave. Um, they're the vampires. Um, Whereas in modern <laughs> lore, vampires can't enter a church. This is true. Um, also, back in the 90s, this would be my parents, because my parents were the people at church who'd be like, okay, we're going to go, and then on the way out, they'd meet like, Mm-hmm. Every person at the church that they knew, and it would be four hours later. And we'd not beat the rush to the Golden Corral for the buffet. Um, another thing you can do is follow a striga into the woods after it has fed on a child. Um, once they feed on a child, they have to go somewhere and vomit all the blood up for some reason. Well, then what's the point of eating it? I don't know. Um, so you're going to go follow it, wait for them to throw up, pack up all the blood, and then you're going to take a silver coin, uh, and you're going to soak it in the blood, and then you're going to take that coin, and you're going to wrap it in a cloth. And now you have an amulet that is going to offer you permanent protection from any kind of striga. Alternatively, if you're Catholic, you can just use a cross and some holy water, (laughs) or... Um, in Islam, you can deter them by reciting verses from the Quran and spitting at them, which I kind of like that version. It seems very aggressive if you're just, like, reading verses and spitting. They hang out with too many camels. <laughs> spitting. Um, also, uh, in some regions of Albania at the beginning of March, it is customary to hang scissors, 
a carding comb for wool. I know what that I is. Know what you, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm putting things that relate to you. Um, a black thread tied in knots and any kind of acidic fruit. Hang all that from your doors and it's going to ward off the striga. So, well, you know, that's how you know I'm not a striga. I like all of those things. This is true. I like thread for sewing, (laughs) wool card for spinning wool. Well, I've got... I like scissors because I like cutting things. Cutting your wool. Yeah. Cutting string and fabric and (laughs) plants to turn into dye and... Um, So the reason I said you might um, recognize the striga is because Sam and Dean have dealt with the striga in season... One. I had to go back to season one when baby Dean's voice hadn't dropped yet. And Sam still has his little, like, 2000s haircut. Um, mushroom head. Yes, he's so cute. Um, so it's season one, episode 18, called Something Wicked. I did watch it to give everyone a refresher. Um, I will spoil it because I'm so sorry. There's 900 episodes of Supernatural. Watch another one. Um, so if you haven't watched it yet, you're not gonna, you're not going to, but also if I spoil this one, there's literally like 900 other episodes out there. Um, so Sam and Dean are investigating a small town. I think it's in upstate New York where children are suddenly becoming deathly ill and they figure out that the doctor who is treating them is actually a striga. And of course they find out because daddy Winchester's book is, Mm -hmm. you know, his journals here. Um, So it's really personal for Dean because Dean keeps having flashbacks to when they were kids and Daddy Winchester left him in charge at the motel and had to go fight some Striga. And Dean got real bored looking after little Sammy and he left to play video games for a little bit. And when he came back, a Striga was attacking little Sam and Sammy almost died and Daddy Winchester got real mad. (sighs) So according to Daddy Winchester's journal, you can only kill a Striga when they're feeding I didn't find anything about that in actual research. Um, And the way you kill them, do you want to guess? It's a classic Winchester. Beheading or just shoot them? You can shoot them, but only with consecrated iron rounds. Mm Got to make sure they're consecrated. Um, And I also read in one source that uh, Striga were also possibly an inspiration for the Dementors in Harry Potter. Hmm. I can see that, too. Um, Okay. So we're done in Albania. We're going to go to Greece. Hmm, I've been there. I know. (laughs) You got married there. Um, I'm going to butcher the saying of this. Uh, They are called... Oh, man, I said it so perfectly earlier. Okay. Now that we've said it 18 times, the Vrykolikas. Vrykolikas. (laughs) Vrykolikas. Stop! We're going to have John put that into the um, intro music. Uh, that'd be some fun, honestly. <laughs> um, okay, so the Vrykolikas are undead beings that eat human flesh, specifically livers. They are described as having swollen, bloated bodies, ruddy complexions, and, quote, fresh and gorged with blood, which is their way of saying healthy looking, which is also how we described um, corpses. <laughs> Bloated with... Yeah. Um, sometimes people with red hair and gray eyes were suspected of being Vrykolikas. <laughs> so me. <laughs> so Katie, again. 
Um, someone, okay, there was a description. Um, this was very strange to me. It was, quote, one side of their body would be a human body, but the other side was entirely empty. They were open on one side. I don't know what that means. I did pull up, <laughs> when I looked for the pronunciation, I did see a picture. I think this I was, um, there was an article I read that was, like, just a compilation of, uh, Greek people, uh, recounting, like, legends that they were familiar with, and this is how someone described them. That looks like a muscular goblin to me. Yeah, that's what I would say. Um, well, they are able to change forms. Um, sometimes they can even inhabit the bodies of animals. Um, someone may become a Vrykolokos if they are buried without a proper ceremony or a priest present. Um, some are described as devils or demons, uh, where they are seen by some, but not all. And there was one story among this collection of stories of a man who was being tormented by the Vrykolokos. So he was being like, taken from his home up into the mountains and just, like, beaten by them. Right. And, I know. And uh, there was one point where he was at someone else's house, and he was laying there, and he said, there's the Vrykolokos, they're sitting up on the beams of your ceiling. And the guy, like, looked up, and he was like, I don't see anything. And he took, like, a broom or something and was like, did I get it? <laughs> like, he's sitting around, and he's like, no, it's over there. But there's the idea that they were, like, this is the one part that actually did freak me out. They're, like, perched up on the beams, like, demons that no one else could see. Um, they are is known... It also possible that the people who were seeing these were, I don't know, mentally ill? Hallucinating, maybe? Possibly schizophrenic? Possibly. Because um, visual hallucinations yeah. are a sign, symptom. Uh, this man, they did say he was eventually killed by them, so... I don't know what was going on. He was on. eventually killed by something. Something that was potentially taking him out of home and beating him up every few So nights. he was killed by someone. Probably. Um, the Vicolicos are also known to be a little poltergeisty. Um, so I saw a bunch of times that they'll just go into your house and eat your food. Rude. Um, sometimes they will call... So they're teenagers. They're teenagers. <laughs> Um, sometimes they will call out to you in voices of people that you know who have already died, which, no thank you. Um, if a Vrykolokos comes knocking on your door, they will knock once, and if no one answers, they will move along. But, if someone does answer, that person will die within a few days, and then they will become a Vrykolokos themselves. Um, and in some Greek, Greek communities, there's a superstition that you should never answer your door after the first knock. You should always wait for a second knock, which I would agree. It's very strange, I think, for someone to knock once on your door. Uh, according to the bonus mini-sode last <laughs> week, you should never open your door. <laughs> That's true, actually. Or get a peephole, and if there's a vampire standing there, don't open the door. Yeah, one knock is just that's very weird. Strange. It's unsettling. Like I'm, I'm imagining doing it. And I'm like, do it again. <laughs> also, I feel like I would hear one knock and assume 
it was just my old house. So next time I come over to record, oh I'm going to knock once. Don't do it. Because whenever I get here, even though I say, all right, I'm leaving my house, she knows I'll be yeah, here yeah. in five minutes, I still knock on the door before walking in. <laughs> Is it horrible that, like, at at some point I got to the point where I was like, Having to answer my door is such an inconvenience, and so I expect people that I know are coming over and who have been to my house before, I'm like, you better just walk in yourself, because I am not getting up to get the door for you. You let yourself yourself. in, you let yourself out. Exactly. And then, like, if someone someone is genuinely knocking on my door, I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta see what this is. Like, I gotta get the dogs. I gotta, like, now anticipate having a conversation with someone that I don't. I'm not prepared for. Did I tell you that I literally hid under my desk at work the other day to avoid someone who was knocking at the office door? No. But I really hope they're a listener. They are not. Because they are a talker, not a listener. Uh, and that's why he is a problem. Ooh. Oh, he's a problem. Hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> Another thing the Brett Calicos will do. I've gotten really good at saying it now. Um, they will suffocate you by sitting on your chest at night, which I think is kind of rude, um, to describe them that way because I sit on Jarek sometimes and I don't suffocate him. Well, you're also not one of these creature demons. <laughs> true. And typically I don't sit on his chest no. sitting elsewhere. Okay. So this is like the incubus or the succubus, uh, the incubus. In- Isn't that what it's called? I don't know. I've only ever heard of incubus in, in, in the term of the band. I'm pretty sure it's called an incubus. Oh my gosh, look it up. I mean, I know succubus is a thing. I think the succubus is the female version. The incubus is the male version. Please look it up and tell me I'm right. (laughs) Male demon believed to have sexual intercourse with sleeping women. Oh my gosh, thank goodness. A cause of distress or anxiety. Oh man. Um, Now it just (laughs) changes my viewpoint of the band, too. (laughs) Um, so, I think incubuses are also, incubi, if you I guess will, so. um, are, like, an explanation for sleep paralysis. So, yeah, when you said the thing sitting on the chest, that's mm-hmm. when I was like, there's some other creature out there that is blamed for that. Yes. It's the incubus. Hmm. Um, so the only way to kill the, uh, Vricolicus. Thank you. I was like, I lost it. I stopped (laughs) saying it. Uh, so you have to kill them on a Saturday because that's the only day that they rest, which is today. Um, okay. All right. Listen on a Saturday. If you're listening on a Saturday, this is the day you can kill your sleep paralysis demon. (laughs) Exactly. All right. You're going to find them in their grave. So you have to know where their grave is. Because that's where they're going to be on a Saturday. Um, You can do one of a couple things. Um, You can perform an exorcism. There were no further instructions on that. Um, You can impale... Your pick. (laughs) Do what you want. Um, You can impale them. You can cut their head off. You can cut their body into smaller pieces. Or you can cremate them. And I put here... Or you could just start with that one and cremate... (laughs) A dead person when they die instead of burying them. So, really, you can kill them like you can kill every other human being ever. Yes. But also, if you just cremate... First of all, you're not going to run out of space in the graveyards, which we've seen time and time again. Um, I say that like we've talked about it on the show. We haven't, but it's a real problem. Um, 
And and then you're not going to worry about vampires because everyone's cremated. And you can just make the loved ones take home the cremation remains. Mm -hmm. And everyone will have a little pot of ashes and no vampires. Or you can just put them in a mausoleum like my mom is. Yeah. You could also, um, my mom wants to be turned into a tree. Mm-hmm. So barrier with I want to be mixed with cement and turned into coral. But I'm sure by the time mm-hmm. I die, uh, that will be pointless because the coral reef will be 100% dead oh, as yeah. well. I was going to say. So, I don't know, make me into fireworks. I want to be made into one of those little stones mm-hmm. um, and made into some kind of jewelry that Jarek has to wear the rest of his life. <laughs> Always with him. <laughs> Once you're dead, man, like there's, there's no point in holding on to like any I'm physical remnants I, of no. the body. Like that's just weird to me. I'm haunting him. But as we talked about in a previous episode, like <laughs> different cultures, different beliefs. Some people <laughs> really want to hold on to those bodies as long as they can. This is true. Um, Even if there's literally nobody in them. Yeah. Um, you can also, or I guess not you, but God can kill the Phycolicos with lightning. They can be killed by lightning. So if they happen to... Again, like any other human Like ever. any other human. That one's just not one that really anyone can control. Now, is it just God or can Thor do it too? Thor since... can probably do Whoever can control the lightning mm. can do it. Good. Good to know. Um, there are some really interesting, um, evidence of ancient Greek Vercalicos or suspected Vercalicos in ancient Greece. Colicos. You're switching your O and your A. I know, I am. (laughs) Okay. Um, so in Neolithic graves from the island of Cyprus, so between 4500 and 3900 BCE, um, they found bodies with millstones placed on the head and or chest. Um, they've also found bodies that have heavy pottery fragments covering the head and the feet. And these things are presumably placed on the bodies to, so like if you wake up, if it's a vampire and it wakes up, it can't go anywhere because it's got a giant rock on it. Um. Or a giant pot. Or giant fragments of pottery, I guess. Hmm. Um, in the Byzantine era, graves in Attica, so we're around 395 AD, um, there was a body of a woman who had been cut in half uh, horizontally, so hamburger style, and then both halves were placed parallel to each other, and then there was a small jar buried with her that contained a coin and a piece of dismembered leg. I'm very unclear on what those were for, though. Okay, so the dismembered leg. Uh huh. What was it dismembered from? A man, some some man person, some male human person. Cool, 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 cool. Um, in the Ottoman era, uh, so around f- the 1450s, on the island of Lesbos, that's it. Lesbos, mm-hmm. Lesbos, Lesbos, okay. Lesbos. As far as I know. Uh, there's a body of a man who um, was pinned at the neck, pelvis, and feet with 20 centimeter long nails. Um, and just for reference, 20 centimeters is 7.874 inches, which was the original name for nine inch nails. <laughs> I'm really proud of that joke. <laughs> I thought of it like four days ago and I wrote it down. Um. Okay, there's also several ways to allegedly prevent someone from turning into a Vercalicus. Close enough. Thanks. Um, I would assume cremating would work. 
Um, just a thought. Uh, you can bury the corpse upside down. You can also place a scythe or a sickle near the grave to, quote, satisfy any demon visiting, which I'm assuming is more of a distraction method than a, um, I don't know. I just would imagine. I mean, to satisfy the demon visiting, would they then be like, cool, I can go harvest wheat and grains now? <laughs> I guess. Or like, like, hey, thanks for giving me this awesome tool. I kind of think of it like the, there's a meth, like a discipline method with kids where you don't discipline them for doing bad things. You just distract them with um, other things. I have an ex-aunt who did this and it was awful. Um, uh, but the whole ex-aunt. <laughs> oh, she's crazy. She's full crazy. <laughs> I have a feeling that the kids <laughs> didn't turn out so well either. Uh, they're, they're getting better. Um, but, uh, I, that's how I imagine it. It's like a demon's coming down. It's like, I'm going to turn this person into a vampire. Oh, what is, is that a sickle? Cool. I'm going to go play with this for a little bit and then forget about what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> I was still distracted too when you started on that. <laughs> Burying them upside down, do you mean, like, face down or, like, head down and, like, feet up? I think... That's what I was trying to envision. I was just like, how do I... I think... I don't think it matters. I think they mean face down. Probably. But the point, I think, is that if they were to come back to life, they would go down instead of up. They'd be confused about which way they were supposed to rise. Um, Clearly, they still had not figured out gravity yet. No. Um, so, you know, you've heard of, um, ancient Greeks placing a coin in the deceased mouth, Mm -hmm. and this was allegedly to pay the toll to get across the river Styx. So some have suggested that it's not actually to pay that toll, but it is kind of a bribe to ward off any demon that wants to occupy the body. I would think it would be more of an attractive thing, like, ooh, this body has money in it. (laughs) I'm gonna take this one. Well, what use does do demons have with money anyway? Well, if you're gonna like walk around society and pretend to be, a, I guess you do. If you have coins in your pocket, you start off with a little bit of money. Um, you can also put a wax cross with a piece of pottery inscribed with "Jesus Christ Conquers" in the casket with them. I guess. Jesus Christ, what conquers? Conquers. What okay. I, say? <laughs> I. I, I need your know. Catholic brain to start working here. What else would it say? <laughs> Um, uh, uh, yeah, no, my, my Catholic <laughs> brain is not currently connected to my heretic ears right now. Um, this is my favorite method. You can just sever the tendons in the knee of the dead and then they might turn into, um, a vampire, but, but then they can't, they walk. can't walk. <laughs> um, you can also place poppy seeds or sand on the grave so that if the person does, does turn into a Vercalicas and rise from the grave, they would be distracted by all of the counting. And this is similar to the Calicanceros. And I looked this up, and apparently, arrhythmomania <laughs> is uh, pretty common in cultures. Obsession with numbers. And yeah, it's like a compulsion to count the things that are around you. So sometimes it's seen in OCD, but it's mm-hmm. just it's just you feel compelled to count everything around you. Um, and a lot of different cultures attribute this trait to, like, witches or mischievous evil beings. And I don't know why. 
probably shouldn't tell you then that I've recently started like counting things that I do. Like I've always had a little touch of the OC disorder. Oh, Katie is turning slowly, turning into a combination of all the creatures we've. No, about. like when I get up and I get water from the faucet or the cooler or something, mm-hmm. I count the, while I'm there. The water. Yeah, the, I, how, I how count like wa- the seconds oh. that I pour. As like how many waters you get. Oh. And that's, I, I don't go into a room and touch everything and count everything. It's literally just when I'm, like, pouring water mm-hmm. from a faucet or from the cooler at my office because we can't drink the faucet water there. Yeah. We don't drink our faucet water either. It's uh, county water. <laughs> oh, ours smells like, ours has hydrocarbons in it. Gross. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start, I'm just going to put some, like, poppy seeds on your doorstep. <laughs> I'll be trapped in my house until I finish counting them. I'm like, Katie, when are you coming over to record? And you'd be like, I'll be there one second. Hold on. I lost count. Damn it. Oh, that's all. No, I don't count things. I mean, you could pour all these M&Ms out right now, Uh and I would not count them because I would not want to know how many I eat. Because I would eat them all. I'm assuming you're not going to eat all the poppy seeds I put on your porch. No, but I, I just brush those away and they're like ugh why are you still here go away can I plant you can I grow you um okay can I make opium or poppy seed muffins would be better or laudanum or laudanum probably start building up that immunity there was a Sheldon and I were watching Psych the other night Uh and there was a reference to laudanum and he looks at me with this like (laughs) Did you know that was coming up in this episode? Is that why you wanted to watch this one? And I was like... You're like, yes, I'm psychic, and I'm tying everything to our most recent episodes. Yeah. I'm psychic, and we're watching an episode about a fake psychic. Uh, um, Okay. So we're done in Greece, and we're going to go to Romania. Haven't been there. Great. Neither have I. Um, I also found out, (laughs) doing this research, Romanian Cyrillic... I thought I could read because I can read Russian Cyrillic. <laughs> nope, they have some characters. I don't know. So I was like trying to get some pronunciations down. I was like, hmm, that's a letter I don't recognize. Never mind. Um, okay, so in Romania, they have the Strigoi, which I'm, again, don't know if I'm saying right. Um, these are nocturnal revenants that are able to transform into an animal and they gain strength by drinking the blood of others. Um, they can also become invisible. Um, there are three kinds of strigoi. There are um, a witch and a sorcerer. These are both like living things. And then there's something called the strigoi mort, um, which is a dead strigoi that rises from the grave to torment their families until they die. Um, and typically they will sneak into houses at night and feed on the blood of, quote, beautiful young girls. I'm assuming they mean like beautiful young women and not like children children Mm -hmm. um and these are the closest in appearance and behavior to our modern idea of vampires you're touching your nose like you have to say something so i'm gonna pause i'm just you know a lot of lore Mm -hmm. um is a kind of caution is is stories about cautionary tales kind of a thing Uh and others is just like spooky unexplained stories right and I just, I feel like so much of, like, what's being described, especially with this one, it seems like this is a a, a fable or, like, a cautionary tale of, like, oh, you know, don't do this mm-hmm. or else the, you know, your dead so-and-so will turn into a strigoi and come in. Yeah. 
Especially, but there's there's no I can't find like the lesson in it. <laughs> well, let me tell you some of the ways you can become a Strigoi. Maybe that'll All help. Right. Uh, so the first way is you can be the seventh child of the same gender born in a family. Well, I can't do that one. <laughs> that that method won't work for me. Um, you can also lead a life of sin. Oh, that one might work. So work on that one. I mean, I did live in sin for a few years. <laughs> you can also die unmarried. Well, I don't know why all of these cultures have something against unmarried people. Well, also, when these stories were first invented, probably, is when women had no other job than to make babies this and keep a house. And so... You know, an unmarried woman was a burden to her family. This is true. If you just let women have jobs, though, you know, it wouldn't be that way. <laughs> um, so you can also die by execution. You can die by suicide. Well, or, I mean, dying by execution would then also mean that you have probably lived a life of sin. Two so for like, two. Um, you can also die from a witch's curse. <laughs> Well, that seems highly unfair. <laughs> like, all of these others seem, like, more or less a choice. Like, again, like, if you if you die by suicide, definitely a choice. Right. Die by execution, it's, you know, you're not you know. choosing to be executed, I'm sure. <laughs> but you chose to do a thing that got you executed. True. Uh, you chose to be unwed, mm-hmm. most likely. I mean, sometimes mm. you can't help that. All right. Also, I forgot about the seventh child of the same gender. Yeah. That, that one's not a choice. But, like... But I feel like at that point... Dying by a witch's curse is, like, adding insult to injury. It's like, oh, man, I, I died because of some other witch's curse. <laughs> that sucks. And then now I'm a Strigoi? Double sucks. <laughs> I also... I know it doesn't say this, but when, it, when I read Be the Seventh Child of the Same Gender in One Family, I imagined, like, all in a row... Um, not like Duggar style where, you know, you yeah. eventually have seven boys. But if it is all in a row, I feel like at that point you're a burden to your parents because I don't know anyone who has seven kids of the same gender who was not having kids until they had, like, the other one. Like, I know a family and they wanted to try until they had a girl and now they just have five boys. I have a friend with that, too. And I'm like... I don't know if they were, like, trying until they had a girl kind awful. of a thing. But I think it was like they they had their boy, they wanted another child, mm-hmm. it was a boy, and they're like, well, you know, we kind of want another child, it'd be nice to have a girl. It was a boy. <laughs> um, so one way that you can identify the Strigoi is by dunking, much the same way you would do a witch. You just dunk them in water. That kind of dunking. And see if they float or sink. It's like challenging them to a basketball <laughs> competition and see if you can dunk on them like what um ways that you can prevent um a strigoi from i guess just from coming back um first one nail the coffin shut really really well so also so the strigoi they're all people who have died and then are back now right yes yes so at least the difference between the Strigoi and the witch is, like, the witch is probably just a normal woman that is just about to get murdered. True. Versus someone they think is a Strigoi, it's like, well, you already died, so if we kill you again... Theoretically. Theoretically, it's not And they're bad. like, I just look like that lady. It's not... It's not me. I'm not Helen. <laughs> Stop it! Go check her grave. 
Um, so, uh, you can, uh, dig up the grave and drive a stake through the chest of the suspected Struway. Um, you can re, uh, exhume the person, cut their head off, and then rebury them face down to confuse them. But if they're beheaded, would you just put the face down and leave the rest of them? You have to put both parts. So both pieces have to be Yeah, so like belly down down and face down. (laughs) Um, Okay, this part said the meat of a pig that was killed on October 17th, which is the feast day of St. Ignatius, is said to guard against the strigoi. It did not say if you were supposed to eat it or if you just leave it out or just have it in your freezer. I assume that you eat it, but whatever. No um, idea. And then <laughs> any number of things that can be done with that. Um, and then, according to a fictional show, which I don't know why this was listed as like a credible thing, um, you're supposed to exhume the body, remove the heart, cut the heart in half, put a nail in the forehead, put a clove of garlic under the tongue. That's just way too much work. Oh wait. Remember that pig I mentioned earlier? You gotta have that around because you need to smear the body with the fat from that pig. And then you have to rebury the whole thing face down. What show is this? It's called The Lost Tapes. Um, I don't think I need to It seems like a lot of work. I would start by maybe just nailing the coffin shut really, really well and see if that works. Or any of the other things. Cut the head off or put a stake through the chest. I don't know. Um, okay, so we've talked about, uh, uh, Albania, Greece, and Romania. So, have you heard of Lord Ruthven? Okay, this is where vampires start to get a little bit sexy. Mm. So, Lord Ruthven was the title character from the 1819 short story called The Vampire, which I like to pronounce The Vampire, because it's spelled with a Y. Uh, it was written by Dr. John William Polidori, who was Lord Byron's doctor. Um, it was the first portrayal of a vampire as a sexual, kind of seducing, handsome person. A predator. Yeah. In, in yeah. that way. <laughs> Today's predator, if you will. Also, did you know that Lord and Lady Byron's daughter, Ada, invented the first computer algorithm? Ooh, I did not. I learned that last night on an article full of things that were invented by women. Ooh, Doing much better research than me. Um, (laughs) So in the story, Lord Ruthven, uh, spoiler alert, is a vampire. Uh, He lives like a normal person, but is secretly killing young women and drinking their blood. Is he like the precursor to Dracula? Yes, because the very next thing I've written is Count Dracula. (laughs) Uh, This is, so when I originally planned this episode, I was like, I'm going to do it on Count Dracula and just like all of the lore and stuff behind it. And then I got into it and I was like... Other vampires are way more interesting than this. <laughs> so Dracula ends up being what I had the least amount of information on. But he is the basis for our modern Western idea of vampires. Um, he's obviously a character uh, written uh, by Bram Stoker in his novel Dracula, which was published in 1897. So in the book, he is an undead, centuries-old Transylvanian nobleman who lives in a big falling-down castle. He is portrayed as handsome and charismatic. However, early in the novel, he is described as thin, with a long white mustache and a pointed beard, a hooked nose, 
pointed ears, sharp teeth, and hairy palms. I don't know what was attractive in that time, (laughs) but he needs an update. Well, he grows more youthful and handsome as he... Um, feeds. Feeds. So he's consuming the life force of his house guest, basically, and the guest gets weaker as he grows more and more handsome. So kind of like um, uh, Madame Delphine de la Lurie. Yes. Or la Lurie, with the blood on her face yes. to keep her young and beautiful. Although I don't think it did that for her. No. <laughs> um, so Dracula has superhuman strength. It said he has the strength of 20 men. No shadow or reflection, superhuman agility, and the ability to somewhat defy gravity, which I think means he can just do some really cool parkour. Uh, he can levitate a little bit, I think. Like, he can't fall and, like, fly like fly. Superman, yeah. but, you know, I think he can, like, levitate outside your window. Mm. Like, that's how he gets in. Um, he can also teleport sometimes, not all the time. Um, he is able to shapeshift into various things, such as bats, wolves, Large dogs and a mist or a fog. And if you can transform into a bat, why would you need to a teleport or <laughs> mild levitation? Th- like just turn into a bat and straight up fly. But what if you're going if you're going a long distance? Teleportation would probably be easier. Um, he can manipulate the weather and control animals to some extent. Um, he can turn you into a vampire by biting you, and then. Once he has turned you, he has telepathic powers over you, so he can control you. Um, it's like a... What do you call the... Like the Mary Kay and the LuLaRoe and the... A pyramid scheme? Yeah, but there's another word for it. It's, Pon- Ponzi scheme? <laughs> it's like that. Uh, Multi-level so yeah. marketing? Yeah, scheme. that's what it is. Uh, M- ML... Yeah, MLM. M- MLM. Thank you. Uh, it's like that. You turn someone into a vampire, and then you have... They're all your vampires, but then when they turn someone else into a vampire, they have control, but then you also probably have control over the whole thing. So the more vampires you make, the better you're going to do. Buffy met Dracula in an episode. There you go. See, this is the quality (laughs) television you're missing out on. Um, So his powers are limited during the day. He doesn't have a direct aversion to sunlight, but he can't do as much. Weaker. Yeah. And he does have an aversion to garlic and religious symbols. Um, so it's said that Bram Stoker was uh, basing this character of Count Dracula on his former boss, Sir Henry <laughs> Irving, who, according to Stoker, was, quote, self-absorbed and profoundly manipulative, which, okay. Um, but he also allegedly drew inspiration from a real-life Dracula Vlad the Impaler. I was wondering if we were going to talk about him. Or I was trying my best not to bring him up. <laughs> Vlad the Third, Dracula. And that is the topic of a bonus mini-sode that we are going to put on our Patreon. And I'm so sorry to be clickbaity about it, but <laughs> I felt that was the best way without making this a two-hour-long episode. It, there's not a whole lot to, to say about Vlad the Impaler. He's definitely worth a mini-sode, uh, but it's it'll be shorter. So, uh, if you want to hear that... Patreon, please. Check out that Patreon. Um, and that's all I have on the vampire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am going to start watching more um, Supernatural. I really enjoyed doing that the other night. Um, it felt like good background noise since, the, you know... 
not that I don't enjoy, I don't, I don't necessarily enjoy the early ones because I do like a later Dean after the voice drops. Uh, and when Sam has the long hair that's out of control. Uh, I like when Cass shows up. Oh, gosh. Probably my favorite episode. But at the same time, I like the first season because it is all about, like, you know, urban legends and folklore. It's the woman in white. It's Bloody Mary. Mm -hmm. It's (laughs) the, oh, God, the the Wendigo. (laughs) We need to do an episode on a Wendigo. I like the early episodes. Maybe that'll be a Katie's Creature Feature episode. There you go. Uh, we should just start taking supernatural episodes and dissecting them. I like the early ones because Daddy Winchester's in them and, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a snack. Anyways, thank you guys for sticking with us. Um, I'm hoping Jarek will edit this down to <laughs> a tolerable level. To a normal... There's um, a lot of tendons and a lot of times where we're like, Jarek, cut this out. Yeah, the whole part where I can't pronounce certain words that hopefully no one will ever know about except for Katie. Um, I'm not going to throw you under the bus like you always do me. (laughs) I'm always... Making me out to be some... Oh, gosh. Rabid vampire demon striga (laughs) serial killer monster. Um, Okay. I want you to tell me something that you're looking forward to. (laughs) Uh, So I've started... Trying to make wine at home, uh-huh. and I just bottled my second batch. So when I had to rack it the other night, mm-hmm. I tasted a little sip, and it actually had a little bit of sparkle to it. Ooh. So it's got a little bit of natural carbonation, a little bit of sparkle, and so now it's aging. And since it's a white wine, it doesn't need to age as long. Right. So I'm really looking forward to in a couple of weeks having that. Nice. Uh, also, I've got some fancy new fabric coming in that I'm going to do some natural dyes with. So more dyeing. Fun. Yay. What about you? Um, well, I, I already told you I'm going to Jenna's tonight to use her bathtub again. This um, time with hot water. <laughs> this time with hot water. Um, and I did want to just share a, what I think is a heartwarming story. <laughs> because we talk about mental illness. Um, so last night, I, so I was supposed to go hang out with her. Um, and I was, like, dressed, ready to go. And I just suddenly had one of those moments of just, like, I cannot socialize. I can't do it. I can't. I just can't. And I was freaking out because I was like, I don't know, you know. You know, if you've got the thing, you know. Um, And I texted her, and I was, like, crying. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't want to let you down. Like, I know I said I'd go out. I just can't. I'm dressed, and I just can't leave my house right now. And, And she was very sweet. And she was like, don't worry about it. Like, you know, take care of you or whatever. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to bed. And I was literally uh, going into my bedroom, and all of a sudden she showed up in my living room and just came and laid in bed with me and, like, cried with me and just let me, like, have my little breakdown. And then she went and did her thing, and she let me stay at home and, and do my thing. And it was just it was just a very nice moment. If you have any kind of anxiety or depression or anything, or you know someone who does... It was just the best possible way for it to be dealt with. Um, and I'm very thankful for people like her and for Jarek, who <laughs> puts up with me when I'm just, like, crying in the living room for no reason because I don't want to leave the house. And he's like, just don't leave the house. <laughs> so anyways, um, and I'm looking forward to having a, another third glass of wine at her house in a bathtub. So, yeah. Anyways. Um, what's our Instagram? 
We are the Tales We Tell podcast. Same thing on Facebook. Our website is the Tales We Tell mm-hmm. And we've got the Redbubble and our Patreon, Patreon, where you can find the bonus episode about Mr. Vlad the Impala. Yep. Um, and if you want links to any of that, go on our Instagram and click on our link tree. And I've labeled everything for you guys. So thank you. Also, fun side note, um, on Friday when the bonus episode out came out, we had 103 downloads for the day for total, just like anything downloaded. And that's a record for us. And I'm very excited. <laughs> And thank you for listeners, because obviously it was you guys. Thank you for listening and for sharing, because... (laughs) Anyway, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.
So we're doing something different. Fun.